Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of November 4th, 2018. The podcast that's always room temperature. This is your host, Shane Killian. Before we get going, a quick announcement. This will be the last week the podcast is mirrored over on the Mr. Dapperton channel. I'd like to thank Dapperton for the opportunity to run this little experiment. I learned a lot from it. Next week, things will go back to normal, which means if you're a listener on Dapperton's channel and you want to keep listening, you can subscribe to Shane DK on YouTube, BitChute, or BitTube, or you can go to podcast.bogosity.tv and listen to the MP3s and subscribe to the RSS feed with your favorite podcatcher. All right, let's orchestrate the news of the bogus. So we've covered the right to repair before. This is a pushback against things like John Deere saying that farmers can't modify the software on the tractors they've bought, or Apple saying that no unauthorized person can repair MacBooks or iPhones. To do this, they're relying on the DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which says that consumers are not allowed to disable or bypass systems put in place to stop them from copying or modifying a product. Every three years, the Library of Congress and Copyright Office considers new exemptions to the DMCA, and they just made it easier to modify or repair these devices. They ruled that consumers can bypass systems restricting access to firmware for the purposes of diagnosis, maintenance, or repair. Now, there's nothing that says that manufacturers have to make it easy. They can still put in all the barriers they want. They just can't stop anyone from bypassing those measures. But many independents have found it fairly straightforward to fix MacBooks or replace the screen on an iPhone, so at least in some cases this will make a major difference. It also means that it'll be legal for security researchers to poke around in the firmware looking for security holes. In fact, any good faith research is now considered to be fair use. However, it's unclear what this means for things like the MacBook kill switch. This is a measure allegedly put in place by Apple into the 2018 MacBook Pro that will brick the system when repaired by anyone other than an Apple-authorized service provider. Hopefully it means that legally this would be an act of sabotage, since it's less about stopping people from modifying it and more about punishing them when they do. If you buy something, it's yours. You should be able to do whatever you want to with it. That's one of many rights the DMCA took away from us. At least we've got a tiny fraction of them back. Hopefully there's more to come. So unless you've been living under a rock, you know about the Pittsburgh Synagogue shooting. During Shabbat services, a man entered the Tree of Life Synagogue and, over a period of 20 minutes, killed 11 people and wounded 6. It's the deadliest attack on Jews in U.S. history. The shooter, identified by law enforcement as Robert G. Bowers, posted a lot of anti-Semitic statements on social media. In his final post, he wrote, I can't sit by and watch my people get slaughtered. Screw your optics. I'm going in. These social media posts were posted on Gab, and you know what that means. Since they aren't the proper approved social media giants Facebook and Twitter, that means that it must cater to alt-right neo-Nazi white supremacist hate groups. So it has to be shut down, right? Despite the fact that Gab suspended Bowers' profile and have been cooperating with the criminal investigation, payment processors Stripe and PayPal have cut off Gab's payment system, and web hosting company Joyent took the site down. Briefly, domain registrar GoDaddy turned off their domain name, but soon turned it back on. As Gab CEO Andrew Torba said in a posting, quote, 
Gab has spent the past 48 hours proudly working with the DOJ and FBI to bring justice to an alleged terrorist. Because of the data we provided, they now have plenty of evidence for their case. So, just like Backpage before them, they're being called a safe haven, when in fact they're actually a very good tool for law enforcement. This is a direct attack on competition to the social media giants, shamelessly using this senseless tragedy as an excuse. It's also a direct attack on Section 230 protections, which, as we've discussed before, means that web services cannot be held liable for the activities of their users. Torba posted, quote, We are the most censored, smeared, and no-platformed startup in history, which means we are a threat to the media and of the Silicon Valley oligarchy. For an example, just read through this Reuters article, which is much more of a hit piece made up of invective and cherry-picked facts than proper journalism. This is serious guilt by association, and amounts to nothing more than a witch hunt. The Boston Marathon bombers, the San Bernardino shooters, and the Paris shooters all communicated over Facebook, and yet nothing happened to Facebook, nor should it. This is blatant monopolization and cartelization. Or maybe it's only the website's fault when it's a white person. Who knows? But as Torba pointed out, the real result is nothing more than the Streisand effect. Quote, You have all just made Gab a nationally recognized brand as the home of free speech online at a time when Silicon Valley is stifling political speech they disagree with to interfere in a U.S. election. All this does is show the importance of decentralized platforms like BitTube and making payments through cryptocurrency to bypass the control banks and payment providers have, and by extension, the government. I'll let Torba have the last word here, quote, The online outrage mob and mainstream media spin machine are the minority opinion. People are waking up, so please keep pointing the finger at a social network instead of pointing the finger at the alleged shooter who holds sole responsibility for his actions. No platform us all you want. Ban us all you want. Smear us all you want. You can't stop an idea. So we only do cops behaving badly stories when they're more extreme or have a new kind of twist to them. Otherwise, we'd cover nothing but. There are just so many of them. But this one is really amazing. Stanford, Connecticut officer Richard Gasparino apparently really wanted to be sued for civil rights violations because he did everything possible to make that happen. He was out raising revenues for his mob of violent thugs, specifically issuing tickets to so-called distracted drivers, basically anyone looking at a cell phone. Gasparino would observe the drivers and call ahead to his buddies so they could pull them over and get the protection money. Michael Friend noticed this, so he went a little further south of Gasparino and held up a handwritten sign saying, Cops Ahead. Gasparino apparently really felt like making a violation of Friend's undeniable First Amendment rights and went over to him and snatched his sign away. So Friend began recording Gasparino with his phone. Gasparino told him that he was interfering with the police investigation. That is absolutely ridiculous. There was zero investigating going on, no more so than a speeding camera would do. But Gasparino was just getting started. Friend went a block further south and made a bigger sign, so Gasparino accosted him again, with Friend recording him again. Gasparino snatched his phone, because apparently he really wanted there to be clear and undeniable evidence of what a thug he is. Gasparino claimed that he wanted to protect himself from, quote, false claims of physical abuse. Wait, wouldn't a recording do that? Shouldn't he want to be recorded for that very reason? 
How does stopping someone from recording the encounter achieve that in any way? The only claims of physical abuse it could possibly stop were true ones. Gasparino also took another phone friend had in his pocket, because just one blatantly unjustified search and seizure apparently wasn't enough for him. He then cranked it up to 11 by actually arresting him. Another officer named Deems was refreshingly honest as to why Gasparino arrested him, because friend was, quote, interfering with our livelihood. And it turns out it wasn't just the money from the tickets they were after, but federal grant money as well. Deems complained that Friend was decreasing the number of tickets they could issue and therefore robbing them not only of grant money, but also of earning overtime. Because according to Gasparino, the problem is that they were not, quote, observing as many violations as they should be. In other words, instead of simply ticketing people for being distracted drivers, Friend ensured that there were actually fewer distracted drivers and made the city safer. And we can't have that now, can we? Gasparino laughably asked for Friend's bail to be set at $25,000, which the bail commissioner dropped to zero. And none of that is even the most amazing thing about this case. The most amazing thing is that it was prosecutors who set it straight. They entered a nolle prosequi in the case, which means they were unwilling to prosecute. They straight out said in court that Friend was doing a good thing by helping the police do a better job by actually getting drivers off their cell phones. They took his sign without cause. They took his phone without cause. They arrested him without cause. First and Fourth Amendment violations so clear and undeniable that even the prosecutors said there was no case. But it's nice to have further confirmation, this time from the officer's own words, that traffic regulations have nothing to do with making us safe and everything to do with making money for the state. Thanks for that, guys. It's probably the biggest public service you'll ever do in your careers. And now it's time to defrag this week's biggest bogan emitter. And once again, it goes to the European Union, whose commission is pushing forward with their antitrust action against Google, claiming that it bundling its apps with Android is monopolistic. The EU has already fined Google $5 billion, as we discussed on an earlier podcast. Let's not forget that they made the same claim with Microsoft bundling IE and now Edge with the OS, and how that made it impossible for anyone to compete. But now, 60% of desktop users are using Chrome, not IE or Edge. More precisely, Google's requirements are only for authorized devices that connect to the Play Store. The requirement is that they include Google's other apps, like Gmail and Google Maps. And the EC is saying that's just terrible and Google should knock it off. They're not even talking about just allowing developers to put in other apps. They're saying that if developers want to bundle Google's apps, they need to pay extra when there would be no extra fees for bundling competing apps from Microsoft or Amazon. Those companies might even pay the developers to get their apps bundled by default. Just what does the EC think they're achieving here? It isn't just Google that's finding this. The Developers Alliance has posted an article critical of the move, saying that after doing everything they could to battle fragmentation, Google is now being required to create more fragmentation. They wrote, these clauses have led to an open and accessible platform, which has strongly benefited developers and consumers over the years. Thanks to market stability and reduced costs, developers have been able to focus on bringing new and innovative products to consumers. 
Google's compliance with the decision raises anew the specter of fragmentation. There is a risk that diverging versions of Android will lead to devices where apps don't work for users. Developers may also need to do costly rewrites of apps for multiple incompatible versions. Google's efforts to limit this sort of fragmentation have led to a better platform for users, developers, and phone makers. There is a risk that diverging versions of Android will lead to devices where apps cost more to develop and may not work for all users. Google's efforts to limit fragmentation have led to a better platform for users, developers, and phone makers. The Developers Alliance hopes that clear labeling helps to reduce the potential for user confusion between compatible and incompatible Android devices. But the consequences may be even worse. People want Google Apps, and if you make them install them themselves, then you open the door to fake Play Stores, fake Google Maps, and other imitations. We've already seen the problems involved with things like fake Bitcoin wallets. This unbundling is bad for users and bad for security. And the big thing is, the things staring us in the face, this really smacks of them punishing Google for being open. Any of these apps can be removed by the user if they so want. Google allows competing apps in the App Store. Other app stores themselves are allowed just by changing one setting, even though this has security consequences. Whereas Apple doesn't even allow competing apps in the iTunes store, or when it does, it doesn't allow you to replace the default. Yet nothing's happening against them. So all of that gives the EU yet another biggest bug on emitter. And now let's cancel the transaction of this week's And this week it goes to the U.S. Air Force for another chapter in a series of scandals involving the U.S. military that go back at least to the 1980s. This time they paid $1,280 a piece for, get this, coffee cups. You may be wondering why they cost so much. Well, they need to not only properly contain coffee, tea, and other hot beverages during flight, but also keep them warm as well. You might still wonder why they cost so much. You aren't alone. They're blaming, get this, the high cost of spare parts when they need to be repaired. I don't even know where to begin with that. Certainly the technology to do that isn't anywhere near several hundred dollars a piece even if you buy new ones outright. Except... Then an Air Force news release says that replacing the cups costs several thousand dollars a piece. They claim the problem is that the handles on the cups can break, and they want to implement a cheaper way of replacing them by 3D printing new ones. They're so proud of this cost-saving measure, which they say will, quote, save millions of taxpayer dollars. Leave it to a bureaucrat to say they're saving taxpayer dollars when they're really just avoiding wasting them. $800 hammers. $10,000 toilet seats, now $1,200 coffee cups. When will it end? So we just have to name the U.S. Air Force this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this He Could Have Given Us a Medal for Being So Brave and Honest on the Telephone edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv or discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast.bogosity.tv. 
This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate to Shane DK on PayPal, or if you want to use crypto, you can donate at altcoins.bogosity.tv. You can also support Shane DK on Patreon to get the podcast and my YouTube videos early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Jonah Goldberg. The self-declared champions of social justice believe the state must remedy and can remedy all perceived wrongs. Anyone who disagrees is an enemy of what is good and right, and the state must therefore coerce them to do what is socially just. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license.